over. But he didn't bring you over just to leave you out there. He brought you over that he might bring you in to the promised land. Amen. Would you turn to someone, if you didn't get a chance in, this, in the earlier part of the service to greet somebody, would you just greet one another right now and just give them some love? Amen. Show them some love. Give them a hug and embrace. seated and good morning praise God for the third month of 2020 already Woo. amen not much of a winter I know you're sad about that I know you're, you're kind of moaning the fact that we didn't get blistered by snowstorms and nor'easters amen but uh, I don't know about you but I'm, I'm happy and happy glad about it uh, this this morning, as um, before we before we sh- uh, share a word with you, um, for many of you probably received an email uh, this past week uh, concerning about safety and security of the church. Um, and so today we want to just share some things with you. So in case you hadn't heard it, um, but if you did already and you read the the actual uh, email, we want to at least just try to emphasize some things so that we'll be all on the same page. Uh, what I realize uh, that we are living in a very different day. Did, did anybody observe that? We are living in a very, very different day. Um, we're living in a time where, pe- where sacred spaces are being invaded. We're living in a day where many times we are trusting of places where we go and we're finding that violence has taken place, some type of Activity that has hurt people has taken place. And uh, as a church, as a ministry, uh, given the oversight, that's what my calling is to give the oversight, I recognize that it's important to make sure that you, as worshipers, friends, and family members of this ministry, that you come here and that you are safe. I don't get no amens in the house. You, you want to worship with safety. Sometimes we, we somehow let our guards down to the point of being vulnerable. Right. Bible tells that Bible tells us even Satan is like a thief. See, a thief is a thief because they don't want you to know that they're in there. <laughs> if you know they're in there, they wouldn't be a thief. They'd be a robber. The robber is different because the robber is like, I'm coming in. You know, I'm in here. But we want to make sure that there's safety for everybody. And so uh, I'm going to call up our, our business business manager and uh, who actually does a lot of the administration here at ALC for us. Uh, Tanya McGrath is here with me, and she's here, right? And she, she's been really helpful in doing a lot of work in this area of uh, safety, and uh, I'm going to let her just uh, share some things with you that we just be, need to be mindful of, okay, Tonya? So did anyone not receive the email by show of hands? Okay, so we have copies on the Connect table. It's just one page. 
just kind of going over some general ideas of what we're doing in this effort to be safe and secure. Um, part of that is that we have hired a professional security guard. So you will see somebody different in the church, standing in the back of the church. That person's sole responsibility is to take care of us, to make sure that we are safe and that nothing's going to happen. We haven't had any credible threat. There's nothing to be worried about. This is a proactive approach to this new world that we live in. Um, there's also going to be some changes in terms of access to the second floor. Um, we really want to make sure that we know where people are. We know where and why people are going in certain areas. Again, this is about the safety and security of the church. Um, we're also going to ask that, you know, in terms of children, you don't let them go downstairs to the restrooms by themselves. That could be a liability. If they're under 12 years old, then let's take them downstairs and make sure that everything is okay. Um, one thing that's not on the sheet that we do, and I'm going to send out kind of an addendum this week, is the parking lot. Um, we can't uh, block people in um, because that is, can also be an issue of safety and security. Somebody needs to get out. If there's any kind of health issue or something we need to get out, we can't have the cars blocked. So please do us a favor. There's no ticketing on Sundays in Cambridge. You can park anywhere you want around here. No, you can park in Central Square and walk down, Bishop said. <laughs> um, and then the last thing I just kind of want to highlight, and again, everything is on this sheet that's on the Connect table, is that um, Children's Church, once it's dismissed, um, 1030 is the cutoff for Children's Church. This is for the safety of the people upstairs. This is for the safety of the children so that we don't have um, classes being interrupted. We don't have things happening in two different ways, in two different areas. So please, families, if you have young ones that you want to send to Children's Church, please have them here by 1030. I know it's 1045 now, but we're going to dismiss it soon. But going forward, 1030. If there are any questions about any of this, you can call me. You can call, you can email me. I don't know if you have a slide, but info at alccambridge.org or a new email, info at ALC, anything you have, okay? We're, we're going to be good. This is for all of us, right? Okay, thank you so much. Um, just want to also uh, reiterate that as you're, Thinking about the security, it's not only the security of us being here in terms of preventing any kind of uh, threat, but uh, we're going to also have fire drill. Tell your neighbor we're going to have a fire drill. We're going to have a fire drill. We're going to have a fire drill. So we do a fire drill. You don't know when it's going to happen. You don't know when. It, we, we might just say, all right, we're going to do a fire drill. I may stop myself in the middle of the sermon and say fire drill. So, so we want to make sure that you know what to do, okay, before we do fire drill so you don't stop running, all right? Because so, if I just say fire and you never hear drill, that's going to be a problem, right? So, so we want to make sure that, that everybody's safe. And, of course, uh, when we have uh, fire drills and those kind of things that we do, we've got to make sure that we account for everybody in the building. We have a meeting place where we're going to be so that everybody is accounted for and we're safe. 
All right? Tell your neighbor, the bishop wants you safe. The bishop wants you safe. I, I, don't want, I don't want you getting hurt. I don't want you to be alarmed. We want to be safe. Amen? So thank you, Tony. Thank you so much. Thank you to our security. Thank you so much. And just be mindful. Please, if the security, if the security whether they be um, the hired security that we have or whether it be the security that actually serves us every week, and I want to thank them for serving us every week. Right? They serve every week faithfully. Please, please do as you're told. I ain't getting no way. Please, please, if they, if they tell you to slide to the left, that means you got to kind of slide to the left. If they tell you slide to the right, you got to slide to the right. You know, it, it's, it, and I'm under their walk, their care as well, because they told me things that I should stop doing. And I'm going to obey and stop doing it. All right? I'm going to obey the security folk and stop doing what they told, told me I shouldn't do anymore. Amen? So I, I thank you for your cooperation because safety really is everybody's business. And if you see something a little awkward, let us know. Don't, don't sit there and just raise your hand and say, I don't see that anymore. Just, you know, let, just let someone know and, you know, that, that something is a little bit off and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check it out. Amen? All right. So if you have a child between the ages of 2 and 10, uh, please allow them to go to Children's Church. And we're going to stand and we're going to go right into the Word. Is that okay? I won't keep you long. We're just going to go right into the word. Uh, we, we, we're, we're dealing with, um, in this Lenten season, we have prayer. And I want to thank you all. For many of you, I hear more voices on the prayer line. I hear voices, more voices Monday through Friday. And I hear more voices on Thursday night as we pray. And uh, so thank you for being a part of that as we go through this season of the prayer challenge. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 6. If you have a Bible, if you have a a device, Joshua chapter 6, verses 1 to 16, and I'm going to also read verse 20. Quite lengthy, but I'll read fast. It says, now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because, notice, because of the Israelites. Isn't it amazing that they barred the doors because of the Israelites? And no one went in, went out, and no one came in. And then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands, along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men, and do this for six days. Have the seven priests carry trumpets and ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing the trumpets. And when you hear the, the sound, a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. And then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up, everyone straight in. And so Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry the trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, advance. Somebody say advance. advance. Say it like you want to do it. Advance. advance. Shout Advance. Advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. And when Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets and the ark of the Lord's, the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priests and blew the trumpets and the rear guard followed the ark. And at this time, the trumpets were sounding, but Joshua had commanded the army 
Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. In other words, he sequestered them to say anything. Tell your neighbor. Look at your neighbor. Say, neighbor, can you stop talking for six days? Somebody say, that's impossible. (laughs) That's impossible. (laughs) Glory to God. Verse 11. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. And then the army returned to the camp and spent the night there. When Joshua got up early the next morning. And the priest took up the ark of the Lord. Verse 13, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. And the armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed the ark while the trumpets kept sounding. And so on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. They did this for six days. On the seventh day, they, brought, they, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day, they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, the priest sounded the trumpet blast. Jo- Joshua commanded the army, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Verse 20, when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted. And at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in and they took the city. I want to preach on the Jericho challenge. The Jericho challenge. The Jericho challenge. Father, we thank you for the word of God. We thank you for giving us insight, revelation into this moment. Thank you for your presence that's already here. Father, we praise you and honor you for this season that we are walking in obedience to you and having a 40-day prayer vigil. So, Lord, we just thank you for answering prayers. Thank you for opening doors. Thank you, God, for being who you are. You alone are God. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. The Jericho Challenge, the Jericho Challenge. Um, <clears throat> there's a picture that I wanted to put up here. It's, 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 it's the city of Jericho that you can look and see what the city of Jericho looked like. It's a rendering burnt during the time what they call the Bronze Era. And as you can see, the, the city is fortified all the way around. There's actually a double wall. You also see that before you even get to the first wall, there's a trench that is before the first wall that will prevent any type of attack. Um, The outer wall is six feet thick. The inner wall is 12 feet thick. They have guards at every position and every post. And so to give you a visual of what it looked like, because, of course, if you went to Israel, you would not see the walls of Jericho, because why? They fell down. So when we went there, people say, where's Jericho? He said, it's over there in that area, but I can't see it. Well, it's obvious because the walls came down. 
But if you go to Israel, and those of us who went, we could see the area where these walls were actually erected. The thing about this city, you have to understand that the inhabitants of that of Jericho, of course, it's the part of the Canaan where the Israelites were called to possess that land. They were called to take over that land. God said, I'm going to give this land to you. He told them that from Abraham's time. And so when the Israelites went over the River Jordan and through the River Jordan at flood stage, the the inhabitants of Jericho, they were so afraid because they're saying, look, if they got over Jordan, they're now coming for us. The thing that you need to note is that the enemy is so afraid of God's people. And it's kind of interesting that we somehow are so afraid of the enemy. How many of you are afraid of mice? Now, some of us are very afraid of mice. You raise your hand afraid of mice. But really, the mice are more afraid of you than you should be afraid of him. That's why they run. (laughs) You see them. But you don't know that they run because you already ran when you saw them. <laughs> Am I right about it? The, the, the thing about the, your, your enemy, he knows when you're coming. And, and when he sees you coming, if he can't distract you or attack you, he's going to somehow cause a barrier to be put in front of you. In other words, Jericho is shut up so tight, it's, it's an obstruction to them coming in. He said, look, we, we're not going to be able to beat them, so what we'll do, we are going to lock every access route and prevent them from advancing. And here's what I want to tell you. Anytime that you decide that you want to advance in anything, watch out for obstructions. Watch, watch out for obstructions. But, you know, you, you might be, be worried about whether or not you can set the goal. But I'm going to tell you that your enemy wants to obstruct you. He wants to put every hurdle in your way. Every bat. Don't think that you're going to pray 40 days and there'll be no barriers. Don't, don't, don't even think that. Don't, don't even think. Because prayer is so powerful that if you pray that the, the heavens are going to shake. You don't hear what I'm saying. Because because of that, you need to understand that that there are barriers to advancement. So whether you want to advance in a career, whether you want to to advance uh, financially, whether you want to advance spiritually, there's going to be somewhere along the line where you're going to find that you're going to bump up against a barrier or have some resistance because that is the work of the enemy. I wish you got an amen in the place. And some of you, you're looking for God's program, and God said, you don't need a program, you need a breakthrough. You, you don't need just a program. You don't just need a prophecy, you need a breakthrough. Did I get a witness in the building? So sometimes you just need God to break through some things. And, and because there's a, there's a barrier that's there that's preventing you from advancing forward. But I'm here to tell you how you need to deal with the barrier that's stopping you from moving. Because every one of us has barriers. Jesus called them mountains. He said, look, if, if you as a believer, he said, look, you have so much power. And if you have faith in, in my ability, he said, look, you can say 
to a very mountain. Be thou removed and the mountain will move from here and go over there. It got to go. And so it's important to understand that barriers are just part of the process. Barriers are just part of your progress. And if you're going to make progress, you got to know how to deal with barriers. You just got to have to know how to deal with hurdles and obstructions and problems and situations. I don't care what you call it. You can call it a setback. But you're going to have some problems and situations that always get in the way of progress. Never underestimate the prophetic word to say, you know what? I got a prophetic word. That means everything's smooth. When Chandler comes, I get nervous sometimes. But you know why? Because when he prophesies, I say, okay, what's the problem that I'm going to bump up against? What's the challenge that I'm going to face? And right now, you're facing some Jericho challenges. You think it's just an ordinary, ah, this is just kind of thing that's going on. It always went on. And for some of us, it's been going on too long. Tell your neighbor, too long, too long. Too long, too long. The enemy has kept you from advancing too long. You need to be so far ahead than where you are right now. But when you bump up against it, some of us will get discouraged and we get fearful or we get intimidated because you bump up against something time after time. And now you're worn down. Now you're worn down. He wore you down now and now you're ready to fall out and quit. But I tell you right now, we ain't quitting because we're going to overcome. I wish I got an amen in the house. We're going to start overcoming some things that have always blocked us from advancing. So here it is, a story where Joshua is taking the people of God and the first military campaign that faces him is Jericho. I, 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 when you read the text, it's kind of what, why didn't God wait to the hard thing to be the last thing? But sometimes the hardest thing to do is break through the first gate. The hardest thing of your business is to get through the first year. You got you to understand that this is a fortified city. I want to share three timeless principles from the scripture that although Joshua in his time saw the walls fall down, Yet there are principles in the passage that are timeless. So if, you're, if you have a Jericho challenge, you're in the right place. If you have a challenge that you've been bumping up for a long time and you're finding that you're not making any headway, you, you're in the right place this morning. Oh, I wish I got an amen in the place. This is an exciting word. I read this word. This is exciting. Uh, the first principle is this. That outlook determines outcomes. Let let me explain to you. When, when, When the word came forth, and it begins in verse 1 where it says, the gates of Jericho were securely barred. No one went in, no one came out. And it's interesting that we have here some facts Faith does not deny facts. You know, sometimes people, when they talk about faith, they think you're trying to deny facts. Faith, right here, the, the, the word tells us 
that Jericho was actually barred and shut up. No one could get in. It was fortified. There are some people who live by faith and their faith is crazy. This kind of crazy thing where they're trying to deny reality. Are you sleeping on me? Faith, just because you're a person of faith doesn't mean you don't walk in a reality. If, if, if it's bad, you need to just say, you know what, this is bad. <laughs> if you're, you know, the Lord says he'll heal you, but if you're sick, you say, you know what, I don't really feel good. Well, well pastor, that's not faith. No, that's a reality. You don't feel good. It says right here, we know the facts. They could not get in. No one could get in. No one could get out. It's a barrier. It's a challenge. It's not, it doesn't mean that, that you don't admit that you're having a challenge. How are you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. No, you're not. You're having challenges. You're having some issues. You got some issues going on. You got some problems going on. So why are you just acting like everything is hallelujah, hallelujah? You, ain't, you know you ain't having no hallelujah time. You are hurting. See, and the problem is you're not honest with reality. And so you come to church, you dance all around, and then you go home and cry another week. Could I be real with you? Faith does not deny the facts. It's shut up. You can't get in. But here's something you need to understand. The Lord said to Joshua when he understood that he couldn't get in, he said, look, Joshua... I want you to see. Joshua, I want you to see this. What do you want me to see? I have delivered Jericho into your hands. I have delivered the king into your hands. Along with all the fighting men, I have delivered this situation into your hands. Now, now it's interesting that the Lord told him that he had to see it. What is he saying? Sometimes when it comes to our faith, we only see the problem and we never see God's plan. Because here's what happens to me. When I have a situation that I'm bumping up against, the tendency is to only see the facts and not see the plan that God has for me. He said, I already delivered. He said, I already gave you victory. Notice what he says. I already delivered the king and the men. And all they have, I've delivered them into your hands. In other words, this is, this is done. In fact, this is a done thing. You, you, you're looking at the walls, but I'm going to tell you, it's already a done thing as far as I see it. And you need to understand that your outlook would determine your outcome. If you don't see the battle won, you ain't even going to get in the battle. You got to see God winning and fighting for you even before anything happens. It's easy for us to acquiesce to circumstances. And you have to understand that when God says something, it's because he wants you to see what he's saying. He wants you to see it from his perspective. From God's perspective, there is no barrier that he can't take down. 
There is no problem that he cannot solve. There is no situation that can come up against him that he can't work through. There is no sickness that he can't heal. There is no financial problem that he can't give you resources. If God owns the cattle of a thousand on a thousand hills, I always say he can cut me off a piece of steak every now and then. You need to understand this. You need to understand this. The way we see things is not how God sees it. And I must see it the way he says it. Uh Oh, that's faith. I have to see it the way he says it. He didn't say, well, you know what? You might as well just go on back where you came from because you're never going to get into Jericho. It's not going to happen. He said, look, I already dealt with this situation and it's already victorious on your part. You're, You're already victorious. So we don't fight from a place of victims. We fight from a place of victory. I wish I got an amen in the house. You're fighting from a place of victory. Why was this word important to Joshua? Because he had to learn from a grave mistake that was made in the first generation. He was preventing him from making a mistake that his predecessors made. And do you know, if you're not careful, you can make the same mistakes that your predecessors made. Because you have bought in the way they see things. Just to prove a point, Numbers chapter 13. So Numbers chapter 13. Let's, let's, look, let's look at this. In Numbers chapter 13, verse 26. Let me just start at 26. It says, they came back to Moses and Aaron. These are the children of Israel who are supposed to be going into the promised land. This is the first generation. And the whole Israel community at Kadesh, Benia, they're at that place. In verse 27, it says, they gave Moses an account because they went and spied out the land. He says, we went into the land which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. And here's the fruit. In other words, they had the evidence. They had the evidence. The evidence that Canaan was fruitful. Verse 28, but, everybody say but. But. You got to get your butt out of the way. I said it friendly now. You got to get your butt out of the way. See, you got got to get, see, when God says something to us, we always have some kind of but in the middle. Look, you know, I, I, I called you to serve me in a capacity that's bigger than you are right now, but. But Moses, I called you to be my servant. I called you to be a leader to children of Israel. I called you to be a deliverer. Lord, but I I, I really don't speak that well. But Lord, uh, I really don't know how to handle this. But Lord, you know I'm 80 years old and I'm ready to retire. Because that's when he he got called. He got called at 80 years old. So some of you are saying you're too old to be called. You ain't getting out of it. We always have a but. There's some excuse, some some kind of something get in the way. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. And we saw descendants of Anak. The Anaks and Amalekites, they live in Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, the Cambridgeites, they all live there. They're all in there. They're all in there. 
Verse 30. Verse 30 says, And Caleb, who was a contemporary with Joshua, he silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. Now, why does he see that and everybody sees something else? Verse 31, but the men had gone up with him, said, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than us. They spread about the Israelites a bad report about the land they explored. And they said, the land we explored devours those living in it. Now they're exaggerating. And all the people saw their their great size. And we saw Nephthalim. And the descendants of Anak come from Nephilim. And we seem like grasshoppers in whose eyes? Say, say it loud. You will never conquer if you don't see it differently. You will always shrink to the level of how you see yourself. I remember, can I use your example, Sister Dunn? Okay? Okay. I remember when Sister Dunn came to this church. I remember when she came to this church. You all remember when she came to this church? I mean, you couldn't get it. She, she didn't say much of anything. And she started coming to prayer. So she started coming to Saturday morning prayer. And um, she would stand around in the circle as we would pray but she would never pray. Never. Everybody would pray and start looking like, Do you, can you talk <laughs> at all? And she never, and she ne- she never prayed. She, ne- she just never prayed. And it came out where she said, you know, I'm, I'm really afraid. I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. I said, well, say the wrong thing? You didn't say nothing, so how can you say the wrong thing? You got to say something to say the wrong thing. You didn't say nothing. And then one, time, one day, she had the confidence and said, you know what? I'm a child of God just like them. God will hear my prayer just like their prayer. And all of a sudden, she started praying. And now she can pray long. She can pray long. But you know what? I'm proud of to say that she has, has, has allowed herself to see herself worthy of one who can stand and pray for others. But if you see yourself as a broke down worm that God doesn't love, a person that's not worthy of possessing your tomorrows, guess what? You're going to stay walking around Jericho talking about one day we will. But one day we will is over. One day we will is not, not that's not going to be your story because you're going to start seeing yourself and how God sees you. See, they started buying into negativity. That's why you can't buy into everybody's point of view because you'll never do anything. You hang out on the corner with the brother and say, what you doing, Scooby? Scooby ain't doing nothing. Oh, man, we just hanging out, man. And then you say, well, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to be something. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to get my degree and try to do something. Well, man, I'm going to tell you something, man. You, you, I know you. You're going to be right back here. I'm going to tell you. You, can't, you don't know nothing about no studying books. 
And if you buy into that foolishness, you're going to be stuck on the corner with Scooby for the rest of your life. Because his name is going to be Scooby and your name is going to be Do. <laughs> Called Do Nothing. We got Scooby and Do Nothings. Your outlook determines your outcome. Maybe you would do more if you would see something different. The reason I'm, I'm trying to encourage you that to just try to get out more. Try to get out more. Try to expose yourself to something bigger. Do you hear what I'm saying? You know, go somewhere where it's going to challenge your thinking. Listen to something on the radio or, the, or, the, or the, whatever you listen to. Listen to something that's going to stretch your imagination. We have lost our childlikeness in that children can imagine things that are so much bigger than they are. But once we get older, we are all about facts and figures. It's time for your imagination to grow. When I went, started flying into Africa and going, going, to, in, going to Israel, my imagination now is just, it's just like huge now. It took me out of Roxbury. Anybody know? We don't even call it Roxbury. We call it the berry. Because sometime in the berry, you can get buried in the berry. There's a lot of folks that are buried in the berry. Their world is a four-corner block. That's all it is. And you have to open your mind. And that's why reading the word of God opens your mind. God is trying to open Joshua. Joshua, look at this. I've already given you the victory. Second, openness. Openness. Being open to God's way of doing things. Let me hurry on. You have to be open to the way God does things. You know why? The way he does things, it's crazy to your thinking. I mean, how in the world is he going to allow Jericho to fall just by walking around? It's a crazy strategy. And see, here's why you have to learn how to submit to God because when he tells you a strategy, it's going to seem totally crazy to you. Is that right, Woodland? Oh, I'm going to let her loose on you in a little minute. It, it's a, have you, has God ever told you something that absolutely is crazy? And you have to check yourself and say, did I lose my mind on this? It, it just sounds totally absolutely nuts. Let me, let me just tell you a story. Uh, th- this, is a re- this is a real story. This ain't no Bible story. In, in my hand, I have a, a Liberty Bell that's full of pennies. Full of pennies. I don't know how many pennies are here. But let me tell you where this came from. Around 1988-89, we bought that building next door. Over the several years, the, the landlord, the owner of that building would fight us consistently every year not to step on that property. 
Now, if you look at the distance between the houses, there's no way that you cannot step on the property. So for years, all we could do when we needed to do repairs on this building, we could fix this side, we fixed this side, and we fixed the front. And this side had no shingles on it. And this side, when the shingles were on it, they were never painted because they would never let us go on there to paint them. So when you looked at the building, you say, wait a minute, how come all three sides are painted and look nice and there's one side that's not because they would never let us on the property. They'd always try to sue us. But the day came when the woman died. Yes, she did. <laughs> she died. And when she died, her, 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 her son, who lives out of state, said, told my father, he said, you know, um, you guys live, you guys, your, your property is right next to the house. I want to give you first dibs, as it were, first opportunity to buy the house. And my father said, what? The house that we, we couldn't go on that property? You want to give us the first? I said, yeah. So when he told us at the time, I was a deacon. I was a deacon. I was probably, what, 20, 27 at the time. And uh, as we gathered around the table to talk about buying the house, we had some folks say, you know, Pastor, um, I don't see it. I don't, I don't see. I don't, have a, I don't see that God wants us to have the property. Now, now, you knew my father when he was nice. I mean, you know what? You, you, knew, you, knew, you knew dad when he was nice. He was hugging there, but he wasn't nice then. He said, he said to this person, and I quote, he said, well, since you're not the pastor of church, you don't see anything. Because you're not the head. The eyes are in the head. Isn't that what he said? And everybody went, whoop. All the, all the air got sucked out of the room. He said, you, no, you don't have to see anything. I'm going to let you know. If that man's telling us to buy that house, that must be God telling us to buy the house. But we had another problem. And no money. How are you going to buy a house with no money? It had no money, no money, no money. You know, you know what the budget was back in that day? $50,000 a year for the church to do ministry. We had no money for no house. We had enough money to keep the light on. He said, what are you going to do? He said, well, we're going to believe God. I said, I said Dad, this is, this is what the Lord told me to tell you. It's crazy. He said, tell everybody to bring pennies. Am I right? So did you hear? I said, everybody needs to bring, he just said pennies. He didn't say quarters. He didn't say dollars. He didn't say nickels. He said pennies. Just tell everybody to bring their pennies. And so he said, all right, well, this is what the Lord's saying. I ain't got no better idea. Let's just put it out there. So we said, all right, everybody. Get all the pennies you can get, and I want you to bring them to the house. Church. And for weeks, we were rolling the pennies. And the man would call up, and the man would call up and say, well, do you really want the house? Yeah, we really want the house. We, we, really, we really want the house. We believe in God for some money. 
And when we started rolling pennies, we had enough pennies for a down payment. In fact, we didn't just have enough pennies for a down payment. This is what's left over. This is the overflow in the Liberty Bell. We bought that property at the time for $250,000. That was a lot of money back then. But get this. When we bought the house, the city came to us and said, hey, um, what y'all going to do with that property? I said, well, we're going to try to fix it. Now we've got to raise money to try to fix the thing. And they said, well, you don't have to worry about that. If we can get into agreement for housing, we're going to help you to totally renovate the house from inside and out. Isn't God good that he sets the provision? He sent all the workers. He sent everybody. And we started collecting rents. Now, my question to you is, how much do you think that property is worth now? That's, a, that's just a little old. It's about $2 million. Now, let me, let me tell you something. The only way that we would achieve that was not because of our ingenuity. Because our ingenuity said, forget it, we can't afford it. God said, do something that is completely out of the ordinary, bring pennies and buy a house. Let me give you another story. The seats that you're sitting in right now, I was standing in the pulpit And I saw those seats that you're sitting on, just like they are. At the time, there were pews. Anybody know pews, wooden pews in the church? So we ordered the chairs, and we we put out an advertisement. Does anybody want pews? Does anyone want pews? The only answer was Lois. She only wanted one. Lois got one. She wanted wanted pews, wanted pews. No takers. So it's Sunday morning, like now, These chairs are coming on a truck to be delivered on Monday morning. And I said, oh, God, what are we going to do? And as I was preaching, the Lord said to me, after you finish the sermon, tell every man to grab a bench and take it outside and put it in the parking lot. So all the men, I said, man, we're going to take all these benches out into the parking lot. And they just, they said, what are we going to do next? I said, I don't know. I don't know. I know, because I, I said, I don't know. Well, what are we going to do after that? I said, I don't know. Just put them in the back. Just put, just put them in there. And while we were, they were taking it, the, the benches in the back, a lady came back. She was a, she was a little Haitian lady. She said, what you want doing? What you want doing? I said, we're just taking these benches outside because we've got a new chairs coming in. Did anybody want these? I said, No. I'll be right back. (laughs) Within 30 minutes, this woman pulled up with some guys with a truck. They said, oh, my goodness, the Lord answered my prayer. We were praying for some benches. She took every bench off the property. (laughs) She took every bench off the property. I said, Lord, Lord." And, and you know why I say that? Because... If you had to admit, that was strange. 
Wasn't that strange? I could tell you more story, but I don't have time. Because, because here's what I want you to know. Maybe you have been playing it too safe by depending on your intellect, and you have not given yourself to the strategies of God. See, when you face something that you bump up against, you got to say, God, what is your strategy for this? And it's not going to sound normal, and it's okay because you're following God by faith. It's not going to sound normal. We bought our house. It was a crazy strategy. I ain't going to tell that story yet. I'll tell that story for another time. But how we got our house, it was totally crazy. So crazy that when we showed up to make an offer, nobody showed up to an open house because they dropped the ads by mistake. So I was the only bidder. Isn't God, do, isn't God good? And we were buying in a market that was tough. People stand in line to buy houses. People making offers over the asking price. I got there. Ain't nobody there. It snowed on Easter. Nobody there. Where's the people? Oh, we forgot. We dropped our ad. So you got an offer? Yeah, I'll get an offer. Oh, I'll take it. Thank you very much. I'll move in in another 30 days. Thank you. You've got to be open to God's way of doing it. And some of you in this room, you're not open to what God wants to do. You say you are, but when he says, all right, here's what I want you to do. Walk around the walls. That's it. There got to be something. We got, we, at least what we're going to try to do is climb the wall. No, no, don't climb the wall. Walk around it. Just walk. Just walk. And I can see it now. This ain't Joshua. You're crazy. And that's why they, he told them to shut up. He, he, didn't take, he, didn't take a, he didn't take a doodle pole. Uh, um, a doodle pole. You ever heard of doodle pole? You know, you get to, you get to put your, your, your date that you want to meet in your opinion. He, he didn't take a survey. What do you guys think we should do? He said, here's what I want everybody to do. Just shut up. Because you're going to say something to disrupt what God is doing. Sometimes talking too much disrupts the strategies of God. Stop telling everybody your business. They don't understand what you're doing anyway. They didn't hear from God for you anyway. Stop telling everybody your business because they'll discourage you. They'll discourage you. You got to be open to God's way of doing things. Last and final. He says, now, now, now Joshua, when you walk around these, these walls, I want you to walk around six days. I want you to walk around them, and I want you to walk one time around each day for six days. And on the seventh day, walk around seven times. Now, now I would have said, Lord, I got a better plan. How about we walk around seven times one day and everything comes down? That's a logical plan. And the Lord said, no. I want it done the order by which I tell you. Everybody say order. order. Shout order, order, order. order. You, have, you have to understand God is a God of order. He tells them walk around once a day 
for six days. And as they obey God, they get victory. So what's it? Consistency and being consistent obedience is a key to victory. I, I didn't say sometimes obedience. Consistent obedience. You, you have to be consistent. Well, Lord, I walked around Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. I'm tired. He said, no, six days. That's Monday through Saturday. You, you, you got to walk, walk around all the way around for six days. Well, Lord, I did Friday. Can I take a day off? No, you can't take a day off. You got to keep walking. Some of us, some, some, here's the thing. You'll never get through a barrier if you're not consistent. You'll, ne- you'll never. You'll never get a job if you're not consistent. You'll never keep a job if you're not consistent. You'll never have a relationship if you're not consistent. Because nobody's going to be playing with you sometimes in, sometimes out. You'll never have an answered prayer if you don't be consistent. Because Jesus said, if you knock on the door, keep on knocking and the door will be open. That's consistency. You got to be consistent. Say, say, say to someone, you got to stop being consistent. You got to stop being you got to stop it. You got to stop being consistent to get to church. Oh, you don't hear what I'm talking about? Because one day you're going to feel, well, I don't really feel like it today. You know, you know, I got a little cough. <coughs> I got a little cough today. And, and you know, I don't feel it. My head is hurt. Your head wasn't hurt when you were jiggling in the club. Your head, your head wasn't hurting then. Your head wasn't hurting in the nightlight. Oh, you don't want me to come for you, do you? You don't want me to come for you. You, 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 wasn't, you wasn't like, oh, I got a headache tonight. You closed the place down. Oh, you mean it's 2 o'clock already? We're just getting up. But now that you're saved and born again, what time is church? Oh, you know, I can't. I don't know how we can get there on time. You, you all right? You all right? I can't get, seem to get there in no time. I just can't get there on time. You got on time when your plane was leaving Hawaii. You were there early. You were saying, look, I got to be there. My plane leaves at 7. I'm leaving at 4 o'clock. And I live next door to the airport. See, we need, we need to stop playing games with God. We need, we need to stop playing because God knows it's just a game. He said, all right, if you consistently obey me. Because obedience is partnership with God. You can't partner with God unless you learn how to obey him. Jesus said this way, why do you call me Lord, 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 and you don't do what I tell you? You don't do what I tell you. You got to be consistent. You got to be consistent. This is your year to be consistent. Just be consistent. And in your consistency, you may not see it happen right away. See, the first day, nothing happened. Nothing happened the first day. Nothing happened the second day. 
Nothing happened the third day. Nothing happened the fourth day. Nothing happened the fifth day. Nothing happened the sixth day. But on the seventh day, they had to walk around seven times, and then the walls came down flat when they shouted. See, and we like to shout, but we don't want to obey. There's a lot of people shouting, woo, I'm shouting, but they ain't obeying. They ain't obeying. And they can't get breakthrough. You have to come to grips that all that God had told them to do had to be fully followed to the end. Why? Because one of the things about the scripture text, it talks about the number seven, seven priests, seven horns. It, 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 it's, it's throughout the text. The number seven is very significant because it's the, it's the number for completion. God completed the earth. In six days, and he rested on the seventh day. He actually put the seventh day as a day of rest or the year of jubilee. That means that when they were walking around the walls on the seventh day, they weren't trying to fight. They were trying to rejoice. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying? See, if you know that God's giving you the victory, you don't stop fighting. You start rejoicing. Somebody needs to start rejoicing. You know why? Because God has already given you the victory. But if you're not going to be obedient, you'll never get to the rejoicing. You'll never get to the place where you actually see the breakthrough. But God says, you know what? This is not going to happen to you because you know better. Because you're going to be a people that's going to see differently. We're going to be a people who understands and knows that, you know what, God's going to stick some strategy into your life. And you're going to receive his strategy, even though it may sound a little crazy to you. And you're going to learn how to obey him on the first try. I say on the first try. So we used to tell our kids all the time. We used to make them repeat this. Right, Mark? Mark can testify. I am what? Let's repeat it. Go ahead. You say it. There you go. He's 28. Taught him that from a child. You are a disciple taught of the Lord, and you will obey on the first try. It was a program. (laughs) But guess what? The program ain't too bad because you're going to get victory if you follow the program. So that's why Ron could teach him drums because he was a disciple taught of the Lord. And so when Ron said, when you come in here to play, you're going to do it my way. Is that what you said? You're going to do it my way. There's only one way. The Ron Savage way. I didn't try to get in the mix of it. I didn't try. My wife didn't try. He said, look. You are the one to tell him what to do because he's a disciple taught of the Lord and he's going to obey you on the first try. And he wouldn't have a career unless he did that. And and over $100,000 scholarship. For some of you, I don't know if it's everybody, I'm talking to someone in the room. You have to get consistent. Your issue is not, did you hear from God? Your issue is consistency. You're in and out, up and down, waving. And God is saying, today you're going to stop. Tell your neighbor, today you're going to stop. You're going to stop. You're going to stop. You're going to stop. Your day for, your day for this waveriness is going to stop right now. 
because you'll never get the breakthrough unless you do it consistently. And God is summonsing us as his people to come into an agreement with him so that we can see breakthrough happen this year. This year. This year. This year. Somebody say this year. This year. This year. 2020 vision. 2020 vision. 2020. I'm going to see it this year. This year. This year. Not next year. This year. This year. This year. And God is saying it's time for you to advance. Time for you to advance. Advancement. Let's stand. I'm done. Let's stand. I'm done. This is the year for you to advance. This year. This is the year to see breakthrough. Say this year. Somebody shout this year. This year. This year. This year. This This is my season for breakthrough. I claim my breakthrough now. You know what? I'm claiming it so much I'm going to rejoice already because I already got victory in him. I already got victory. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Today is your day. Today is your day. That no matter what challenge you have, God has given you the keys to breakthrough. I want to pray for those that would say, you know, Pastor, no, Bishop, I, I really, I really struggle with God's way of doing things. And you know why, know why I say that? Because for a long time, I, I struggle with the way God does it. I don't know how he does it. I just know that he does things, but I struggle with following through the way he tells me to do it. And I want to pray for you to have faith in God's strategy. Notice what I said, God's strategy, not your own strategy. Some of you have more faith in your strategy, and I want to ask you a question. How's it working? How's it working? How's it working? It ain't working. It ain't working. It ain't working. It ain't working. Your strategy for your relationship, it ain't working. Your strategy for money, failure after failure after failure after failure. Well, you know what? Just try hard again. Try hard again. You got the wrong strategy. God is saying to you today, you need to have confidence in his way of doing things. And I, I know there's people in here that need prayer because the Lord said so. So you're not, you just, just need to just say, Lord, I, I, I just need to say, Lord, I, I'm coming because I need to accept your way of doing things. So all us control freaks, lay down your control. So come on up and be prayed for because we don't have all day. I don't have all day. I, I'm just telling you right now, I don't have all day. You thinking and pondering, you need to move when God says, let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. 
Let's go. Let's go. Strategy. There is a strategy that God is releasing even in these 40 days of prayer. Watch and see. There's a strategy. He's going to give you what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and how to move about it. Strategy for life, strategy for marriage, strategy for career development, strategy for business, strategy, strategy, God. Strategy to take yourself to the next level. Strategy. A way of doing it. Father, we're, we're just so grateful, Lord, as we stand here. This morning, Lord, we're, we're, we're grateful, Lord, that you do have strategies. Lord, we have just so much longed for your presence, but Lord, we don't want to overlook the fact, Lord, that with your presence comes strategy. So, Father, forgive us from doing it the way we have been doing it all the time. Forgive us for being locked into our own ideas. Forgive us, Lord, for listening to people that really don't see it the way you see it. They don't see it the way you see it. Help us, Father, even in these 40 days of prayer, to understand and know to trust you when it seems crazy. It seems crazy, Lord. It seems nuts. Lord, you've done so many things in this church that's just shy. It's just a miracle because we're willing to do something crazy. Pennies, God, pennies. Pennies that today has turned into $2 million. That's crazy. That's crazy. So, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Help us to quiet ourselves, quiet our emotions, quiet our minds so that we can, oh God, see our Jericho come down. May we be consistent. We may not see it, Lord, in the first, second, third, fourth, or fifth day or sixth day. But Father, help us to trust you and be consistent. Because if we do it, Father, when the, when the commitment is fulfilled, the walls will come down. Thank you, Father. Thank you for open doors. Thank you for opportunities. Thank you for walls coming down. Thank you for relationships being healed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you in this 40 days of prayer. We walk with you. 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 Would you talk to God about your Jericho? 
want you to talk to God about your Jericho. I don't know what your Jericho is. Talk to God about your Jericho. I have a word for fathers, men, but fathers in general, about following God's strategy. It is absolutely catastrophic when men do not function in their role in God's strategies. If we look at what's going on in our society, if we look at young men in our society and young women, and especially young men of color, because I work so often with young men at the community center I work with, I see it at the college that I work with, it is catastrophic when men don't, especially fathers, don't fulfill their role in their families. We see it in evidence. I see it in my own family. The areas where men have not fulfilled their role, when things, when everything has gone wrong, it has been catastrophic. And so it's important as we pray on this time of prayer that we pray for our men, that we as men pray, that we follow the strategy. That we don't try to do it. Men, we, you know, it's typical and male and our, our, our machismo to want to do it based on our own thinking, by our own might, by our own ingenuity. But when it goes wrong, it's awful. At the community scene, we even have a say, saying about it. About what about? And what about, at the end of the what about, is what about that young boy who had no guidance? What about the young boy who joined the game? What about that young boy that had no direction and ended up in a criminal undertaking? And we always say, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? Mm -hmm. So I just want to encourage men, I'm encouraging myself, I'm a father, I'm a grandfather. If you're a father, if you're an uncle, if you're a male role model, it is absolutely crucial that we do our part in our families, in our communities, based on God's strategy. Mm -hmm. Because we have to remember, it's not just something goes wrong, it's catastrophic. Mm -hmm. If you look at the data, if you look at the incarceration rates, Mm Right, One out of every five people incarcerated in the world mm-hmm. are incarcerated in the United States. Yes. In the world. Yes. yes. We're 5% of the population, but 25% of the world incarceration. Yes. Right? So I just want to encourage you with that. If you're, if, you're, if you're at the altar already, I see brothers at the altars. If other brothers want to come to the altar, I want you to come. Um, because I believe that word is for us as men. Don't, don't leave. You don't have to leave. You stay where you are. You stay where you are. 
In fact, it was prophetic that the women move back because I want the men in front. I want the men in front. I want the men in front. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. That, w- that word was for us, Ron. That word was for us. You not only need strategy, brothers, we need to have order. <clears throat> we need to set order. Let's, let's be men who set the order. Let's set the order. Let's set the order for how things need to go. Let's set, let's set the order. Thank God for the ladies. Thank God for our mothers. Thank God for our grandmothers. I had a great mother, great grandmother. But thank God for having a man that set the order. You are God's chosen brethren, chosen man to set the order. Setting order in your worship, setting order for the standards of your house, setting order in the business, setting order in the, in the marketplace, setting order in the society, setting order in the classroom. You're not there to be the class clown. You're there to be the leader. Father, we, 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 we pray with and for our men. I pray with them. Thank you, Father, for their grace that you put on their lives. Thank you for the anointing that you put on their lives. Thank you, Lord, that you love them. Lord, I pray where they feel forgotten, where they feel misaligned, where they feel that they're not important, where they feel that, Lord, there's nobody hearing them, and they certainly do have their own mountains to deal with. We do have struggles, God, we do. We don't always say that we have them. We don't always admit that we have them. We're afraid to tell someone that we have struggles. But, Father, I pray for these and myself, God, that you have put an anointing on us for this season, this time, because, God, you have need of men. Thank you for the women that support us. Thank you for the women, Lord, that stand beside us. Thank you for them praying even now. They're standing behind us in prayer. But, Father, they can't do the praying for us. They can't do the worshiping for us. They can't do the sacrificing for us. We have to come into an agreement with you that, God, that we're going to be the men that you called us to be. We're going to have to have a determination, Lord, that there are going to be barriers. There are going to be situations that are going to come up, things that are going to discourage us, relational Lord, things that are just going to get in the way. Help us to put that aside for the greater good, the greater thing that you want to do. Lord, I pray your kingdom will come, your will will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. God, we respond to heaven's call today. We respond to heaven's call today. It's a bigger thing, God. It's a bigger thing that we're a part of. And so, Lord, I pray that the enemy of our souls will not destroy us, our families, our wives, our children, our daughters, our mothers, God, because we are going to get in order with you. We make covenant with you today, God. Thank you for each and every brother. Thank you for each and every man. Thank you for each and every son. Thank you, oh God, for each and every, oh God, mother, even that's in this place, uh, daughters that are in this place. God, I pray that you'll shake us, Lord, even in this 40 days of prayer. They'll say, oh God, what happened to that man? What happened to that father? What happened to that person? Lord, because you you met us in the secret place, God. And because you met us in the secret place, you said you're going to reward us openly. And because you were 
reward us openly. Evidence is going to be seen because, God, we are walking with you. We're walking with you. Thank you, Father. Now, man, I want to hear your voice. Let's begin to raise our voices, men, and just praise him right now. Come on, let's, I want all the men to praise him. Come on, men, let's lift the voice of praise. Hallelujah. Come on, every man, open your voice. Come on, lift your voice up and praise him. Lift, lift your voice up and praise him. Lift, lift up your voice. Lift, lift up your voice. That's like you're at a football game. Lift up your voice. Lift, hallelujah. 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 Lift up your voice, brothers. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Come on, man. Let's pray out. Let's pray out. Lord, we bless your name. Lord, we're giving you praise, God. We're giving you praise. Come on, ladies, join us in praise. Come on, ladies, Lord, us in praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to your God. Come on. Come on. Let's lift up praise. Come on. Let's lift up praise. Let's lift up praise to God. He's worthy of your praise. The wall will come down if you praise him. If you praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Our sons will be saved. Our, our daughters will be saved. Our sons and daughters will be saved. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Yes, they will. Our brothers will come to Jesus. Our sisters will come to Jesus. I don't care where they are, but they're going to come to Jesus because, God, you got a hold of us. You got a hold of our hearts. You got a hold of us. You got a hold of us, Lord. You got a hold of us. Don't turn us loose, God. Don't turn us loose. Don't turn us loose, God. Work with us, Lord. Work with us, Lord. Work with us, Lord. Work with us, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Isn't he awesome in this place this morning? Isn't he awesome? I said, isn't he awesome? In the 40 days of prayer, as we've already begun, just want to encourage you, as you pray, get something to write with, whether you write in a notebook or write it on an iPad or something because God's going to pour some strategies into you. Strategies to win. Strategies to win. Win, 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 win. Somebody say win, win. We've been losing so much. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing. I'm tired of losing family members. I'm tired of losing 
God said, it's time to win. Hallelujah. Think like a winner. Okay? Okay? Hold your head up. Hold your head up. Okay, what ha- how bad it looks, just hold your head up. Hold your head up. Brothers, you're tall. Don't hold your head down. You're tall. I'm standing on the second step and you're tall. You hear what I'm saying? Do you hear me? You're men of God. Walk in your authority. Walk in your authority. Don't let things around you that you need to speak to go unspoken. If it needs to stop, you get up and say, stop it. Stop it. Tell the devil you're stopping it now. You're stopping this. You've been tormenting my wife. My wife was tormented just before the service. My son came in the room with Brother Chris. We said, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Leave my wife alone. Leave my child alone. Stop it. Get out of my house. Get out. You don't belong in here. You're the brother. You're the man. Let's do it. Let's do it together. You need some help, call on a brother. You need some support, call on a brother. Let's get in there and scrap. Let's get in there and fight. Let's get in there and walk it out. Right, Brother Ron? We had some days we just had to get together and say, let's scrap this out. Let's work it out. Not, don't kill each other. Let's not kill each other. We got a devil to fight. Ladies, you're going to be glad because you're going to see some men rise up in this house. Oh, yeah. You're going to see the men rising up. The men. The men. The men. Hallelujah. The men. The men. The men. The men. The men. Ain't nothing like a man in the house. Ain't nothing like a man in the house. And then if we start worshiping together, guess what? This house is going to just make a, it's going to make a 180. Let's get here early. Man, why don't, let's, let's try something. Let's just try it. Can we just try it? How about we be the first ones to get here? How, how, how about that? How, how about in, the, in Sunday morning? How about we make the effort? To, let's, let's be here for worship. Let's be here for prayer. And I bet you something's going to happen. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you something's going to happen. Something unusual is going to take place in this house. God's going to flip some things around. Your wife, your wife that you've been kind of tussling with, girlfriend, whatever's happening in your life is going to say, what happened? It's because the men stepped in their place. Let's, let's step it up. And I ain't just telling you, I'm going to step it up, Brother James. I'm going to step it up, Valentine. I mean, I'm going to step it up. I'm going to step it up. Honey, I'm going to step it up. I'm calling, him, I'm calling him in. I'm calling my son in. I got one son that needs to be saved. I'm calling him in. I'm calling him in. My daughter-in-law and my grandson, I'm calling them in. I'm calling them in. I'm calling them in. 
Hallelujah. The man, the man, the man. Call him in. 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 Don't let your son, your daughters run rampant crazy. Call him in. At least 40 days, put him on the altar and call him in. I said enough. I'm done. I'm done. So, Father, as we will come to this time, Lord, 40 days of prayer, we call our sons in. Call our daughters in. Call our grands in. Call our friends in. We're standing as the men in the gap. Men in the gap. So, Lord, stir us. Stir us to be consistent. Stir us to be persistent. The enemy is going to try to attack us. From the time we leave this altar, the enemy is scheming on how he's going to attack you. But he's defeated in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And we give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Could you hug somebody before you go? Let's hug somebody. Embrace a brother. Embrace a sister. Woo!